The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative Word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com, and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday, live from Missouri. I can't wait to hear what the interaction is going to be with Michael Flynn, okay? I, especially after that blasphemous prayer that he had. I, I'm just, I'm curious as to what that interaction is going to be. And, you know, some people have given Bradley a hard time about being on stage with people like that. Listen, you take the opportunities that God gives you. If that means that, that Satanists want to hear what you have to say, then go tell them. If it means Muslims want to hear you, then go tell them. Oh my goodness. If we love them, we tell them the truth, right? That's what we that's what we do. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Uh, click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got. Look for the rumble icon, bottom right hand corner. Click on that. You can join us in the chat on Rumble. Great to see uh, all of our friends on Rumble this morning. And a good morning to you guys. While you're there, please subscribe to that channel. It's Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. Be sure to subscribe and then interact with us on the chat. Love to hear from you. And uh, our phone lines are open, too. I'll give you that in just a second. We're also streaming live to BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there. And we appreciate those guys giving us access to the, the people who come to their site because they get a lot of traffic despite all the censorship. Back to SonsLibertyMedia.com. Right up under where we're streaming live, you can sign up for our email newsletter that's on the right side of the page. Uh, you get that once a day, late afternoon to early evening. All the articles that we have at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com for that day, including the Morning Show Archive. So all the stuff we're going to talk about today, any of the references, links, stuff like that, you'll get it in the archive. So that'll be up later on this morning at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And I just want to highlight these things just so you guys know that they're out there. Uh, you can get to our store by going to the store link on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, or you can go directly to the Sons of Liberty. Don't forget the, thesonsofliberty.squarespace.com. Bradley's uh, new book, Soldier of the Cross, is out. We've got a package deal. You guys have been wanting to save a little bit of money on the bundle and stuff, so you can get a shirt of your size. Uh, 
and a dag to- uh, dog tag of your color, black or silver, and the book, Soldier of the Cross. You can get it all for $34. If you're double X or larger, it's going to be about $5 more. Uh, you can also pick up the shirt. The shirt is in the store for 20 bucks. You can also grab the book for 10 as well as his other new book called All the Prophets Were Pointing to the Front. So you can check out all of those at sonsoflibertymedia.com. All right, so this morning, now let me tell you, we've been trying to get uh, our guest on for, for quite a long time. We've had a couple of guests on uh, who've worked closely with him. And uh, and then, of course, our own Kate Shimrani is on every Saturday with us for health and wellness, uh, was able to finally secure... And we were trying to get him on the other week, and we had he had kind of a falling through. You know, the technology is great at times, and at other times, it's very frustrating. <laughs> if you don't believe me, you should have been with me at the conference in Orlando where I'm trying to find internet in a hotel that says, I'd never been in something like it. It's, it was bigger than any mall that I've been in. And I'm talking about the part where people aren't spending the night. And uh, the guy says, oh, you can use our Wi-Fi. Well, their Wi-Fi is all, all the way on the other side of the hotel from where I'm at. So it's hours before I get it. So sometimes technology is great. And sometimes I just want to go back to the old ways. Anyway, with that said, we got a special guest on this morning. And uh, it's my privilege to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, Tommy Robinson. Good morning, man. Good to see you. Good morning, Tim. Yeah, yeah. Good morning. We were- we were doing a little bit of uh, uh, lighting issues before we got on, and Tommy said, "I said you got five minutes. It's okay. Take your time." But it's great to have you on. We we had a little bit of issues trying to trying to get you on the other week, and I understand that you're traveling. And man, when you get a hiccup somewhere, it's not like you can do anything. But for people who are unfamiliar with you, uh, can you give a little bit of background about who you are, what you've done there in England, and uh, and why you think it's important to do the things that you're doing? Most people know me, me, um, or most would know me because because I formed an organisation called the, the Ing Defence League. I formed in 2009. I was born in 1982. When I was born in my hometown, which is 30 north of London, and there's one mosque. There's now over 40. I, I've the culture change. I, I've a loss of freedom. I've seen aggression, hostility from the majority of the Islamic community. And I spoke, I spoke and raised awareness around some, some of the things media and the government, government don't wish to talk about. Their problems come from open border immigration. While they were heading to the world, we're a multiple love nests. They need problems that come that. Yeah. I tell start, me, I tell me, hang, hang on. Hang, as I said, called this defense league, he shortened us the email. Hang, hang on just a second. We got a little bit of uh, an echo where it's coming back on. Somebody says lower the mic a little bit. I'm not sure we're getting, because it's kind of uh, glitching out on you just a little bit. See if that works. Okay, now I can't hear you at all. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what's going on there. We didn't have quite a chance to quite test everything beforehand. Okay, now I don't have any any audio. I don't know what happened there. Apologize, guys. It, again, technology can be great, and then at times it can not be so great. <laughs> But Tommy was telling us that if you couldn't pick that up, uh, he was born in the in the 80s. Uh, there were just a couple of mosques there, and now there's over 40 uh, in the in England. And so, kind of looking at um, you know what all is going on there. But uh, he's trying to sort something out here with the microphone right now. But any of you guys who don't know Tommy, you could probably pull him up online, and you can see, boy, he is just uh, 
maligned in the in the in the media for sure. How how are we looking there? Nope, I still can't hear you. Oh, you've got your mic muted. You've got your mic muted. Yeah. Let's see if we can get him unmuted. On Zoom. There we go. Is that working? Okay, that's much better. Yeah, that sounds clear. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but go ahead. If you'll pick up where you were about the mosques and things, uh, where it was when you were when you were young and now where it is now. So I was born in 1982, and in my hometown, 30 miles north of London, we had one mosque. We now have 45. I'd seen firsthand the problems that that brings. This is open border immigration, and it's the change in culture, the change in freedom. There was a hostility coming from the Islamic community. Um, something very different. You see, in, in my hometown of Luton, we have every culture, every religion. Many, many of the people are sons of immigrants. White English are a minority. But many of them got on pretty well. But there was one section of the community that refused to integrate and refused to assimilate. And that was the Islamic community. So in 2009, our soldiers were on a, home, a homecoming parade, returning from duty. And they were attacked by a radical Islamist organization called Al-Majradeen. Um, this was the, they, their head office was in my hometown. The CIA named Luton as the epicenter for terrorist atrocities across Europe. It's a radical town. And I started an organization to try and raise awareness of issues that were affecting us that no one would talk about. The media were too scared to talk about them. And one of those issues I started raising awareness of was the fact that our daughters were being gang raped, kidnapped and uh, the term is now used as groomed, which is where predominantly Pakistani Muslim men target young English girls. They prostitute them. They rape them. And they've done this with full knowledge of the authorities and the police. And I talked about this for years and I was rubbished. I was attacked. I was told that I'm scaremongering, all these things. So I started the organization in 2009. We toured the country. It, it, it spread like a wildfire as, as, a, as a movement. We set up bases and, um, and and divisions in every town and city across the UK. And that was because all the problems that I'd seen growing up in Luton were replicated in every single town and city in our country that has an Islamic community. If you want to know how the power of political correctness, because fear is paralyzing and our politicians are terrified of offending or being politically correct or being deemed as racist, they actually allowed a generation... Uh -oh. of our daughters to be prostituted rather than be deemed as racist. So I formed that organization in 2009. We held protests across the UK. Did it freeze? Yeah, it did for a second, but you're up and, and going. I don't know if the, if if our uh, if our sound's matching. But yeah, that's how I know you as well. And when I first got into this a little over a decade ago, as far as, uh, you know, I was, I was writing and editing for a website, you were one of the first people I came across, uh, and I had several conversations with people across the pond, as we say over here, uh, who are part of the English Defense League. And they were, you know, I said, okay, well, what about you guys and being armed? You, you're up against guys with bombs and guns and knives and all this other stuff. And what I heard from the guys were, and, and a lot of them were older fellas, uh, they came in and they, they said, well, we're holding that, that as a last resort, because once we go to that, then we've kind of exposed ourselves and we have to we have to finish it everything when we come to that. So they they're looking at those kinds of things as like the very last resort. They're trying to resolve things peacefully. I know that you were doing that in making people aware as well. 
and you've suffered greatly for doing it. They've attacked you. They've attacked your family. You spent time in jail. Can you tell people a little bit about that and why that was, uh, and, and maybe some of your experience during that that kind of stuff? Yeah, since forming the English Defence League, I've, I've had 12 official Osman warnings. An Osman warning in the UK is a government police intelligence warning that there is a serious threat or plan to harm your life. Um, one of the times six Muslims were caught with guns, bombs and suicide vests on the way to kill us. They received 30 years in prison. Um, the police come to me and said Al-Shabaab had named me in a terrorist video to be killed at all costs. Do you know what the police's response to this is? They've also told my wife or ex-wife now that she would be attacked with acid. And when they do this, when they knock at your door, counterterrorism, they actually give you a leaflet telling you that you cannot arm yourself in any way to defend yourself. That's absolutely stupid. You cannot buy a weapon. So so in America, I always think about America at this time. I think I wish, because you didn't realise how unsafe you feel when all the criminals, all the gangs, they still have guns. We're not allowed firearms, but the the gangs do, the violent criminals do, the terrorists do. They can access them. They can arm themselves with them. So literally they knock at your door and say, people plan to kill you, but do not defend yourself. You just sit there and you wait for it to happen, basically. And that's what we are in the UK. We are sitting ducks, just waiting, just waiting as our borders are open, as militant gangs cross the borders, as terrorism goes up 60% each year, as all of these problems are, all the things we warned about, like 10, 15 years ago, we, we tried to warn the British public of all of this. It's all come into fruition. We see mass. For the last two weeks, all I've watched is mass terrorist supporting rallies across my nation, aided and abetted and supported by mainstream politicians as well. This is to do with Hamas. So um, I'd say and, and I, I've noticed firsthand all of these problems and the attacks. And, but the biggest, you know, the biggest surprise to me was, which I come to America in 2010. And I actually illegally entered America, okay, because they stopped me coming the year before because the British had told them not to let me in. So I illegally entered the next year because I felt it was so important because I wish someone come to my country 20 years ago and I wish someone stood there and told me exactly what's going to happen. Amen. And they warned me, and they warned me about what was coming with Islam. And so I come to America in 2010. I give a speech at Pamela Geller's event in New York, and I called that speech a warning to America. And everything we've warned about has happened. And, and the, the biggest shock to me, I knew Muslims would want to kill me. I knew that when you commit blasphemy, when you attack, when you when you speak honestly and openly about their prophet and the, and the disgusting, barbaric things he done, and you bring awareness to the threat Islam poses to peace and freedom. When you do that, I knew they'd be upset. I knew there's radicals. I knew there's jihadists. I knew they want to kill you. The biggest problem I faced is by the British state. I had no idea what the lengths they would go to to silence me and destroy me. I was so naive. I found out very quickly that the country I loved and the country I thought I lived in, I thought I lived in the home of freedom. I thought we were, we were, we, we were an example to the world on democracy and freedom. That's what I believed. I believed we had free speech. How naive was I? I very quickly realised, once I started expressing my freedom of speech, that it's a facade. That's right. There is no freedom. Which yeah. is why you have to hold on to your constitution. You have you have to protect it because whether it's big tech, whether it's censorship, whatever levels are coming in, the organised attack to censor and destroy. But as you're seeing, as January 6th protesters have seen, the biggest problem is coming from the elite and the establishment and the ones that want to control us, which is what I've experienced. So my, my biggest problem, my biggest fear now is not walking down the street and getting killed by a jihadist. My biggest fear is what the British state, what they want to do to me and what they're planning for me. That's my biggest fear. 
Yeah, and you're you're hitting it just right. You got a lot of people in it. You're over the target, and this is why they've they've went after you. This is why they've done what they've done to you. I think the same thing has been true here at the Sons of Liberty. We haven't faced it in the manner that you have, but there's no doubt, uh, Bradley. Every everywhere he goes, he gets there. There's black helicopters following him the whole time. They're over the hotels. Uh, he's had threats on his life. I've had some in the past. People want to kill me for some of the reporting that I give, where I just show them the truth about their the politicians. But this is a whole different thing because these guys, they don't hold it just politically. These are deeply held beliefs that they believe like Christians, real Christians do. When we see what those scriptures say about we have no king but Jesus, you had the, you guys have the same thing over there in England because we've had uh, um, Attorney Ann on to talk about the oaths that the king and queen take to uphold the laws of God. They're supposed to do those kinds of things, and they aren't doing it either. In fact, they're violating them all over the place to to side with what the scriptures clearly point out with Islamic ideology is anti-Christian. It's anti-Christ. First uh, John uh, tells us those kinds of things. So you've been warning about that stuff. Now it's come to fruition. Now you're warning Americans. And look, brother, I live in a county that has one of those 35 jihadi camps. And that the, the camp is within eyeshot of the Catawba nuclear plant over here. And I talk with one of the guys who runs security. And he said, we have to keep an eye on that. Even though they've been here since the 80s, they really haven't caused any problem or any of that. All of that sits right at our back door. I truthfully believe we talk about the Church of England. The Church of England has been infiltrated by Marxists and communists who do not even believe in Jesus Christ. Okay, the church is so weak and pathetic in our country now. It's not representative of anything strong. Um, that that has left a void and a hole. And I truthfully believe now that the borders have open. The borders have been open, and anyone who challenges what people saw with me, I challenged open border immigration because I spoke about Islam. We were the first to be censored, the first to be imprisoned, the first to be attacked, the first to the first to let face this huge level of censorship. But it doesn't matter whether you go against Islam, whether you go against transgenderism, whether you go against COVID and the vaccine. If you go against their narrative in any way, they have a narrative which they wish to control with their, with, with their globalist power. And I truthfully believe that our borders are open and your borders are open because they wish to weaken and destroy all of our communities. Because when we're weakened and we're lost, which is what they've done to us, say our identity is gone, our culture is gone, our history is gone. We are walking around now as Englishmen when we do not even know who we are or where we've come from. And when they weaken that, are you going to fight for it? If you don't know who you are, you don't know your history, are you going to fight for it? And that has been a push from the European Union to weaken the borders, to break down nationalism. That's exactly what we're witnessing. And I truthfully now, as, as, as the years have gone on and I look at what's happened, blatant it now is, the borders are open so they can flood our country so while we're all battling each other whilst we we're looking at islam and we're looking at the threat of islam and we're battling islam they're putting more laws in they're bringing freedoms our freedoms they want us to war on each other they bring in black lives matter they want you gay straight they want us separated and divided as much as they can because whilst they're doing that whilst we're all fighting each other well yeah, the the video the video keeps cutting in and out there. They are controlling and taking every one of our freedoms. So with the United States, it's not a fluke that millions and millons have come in since Joe Biden took power. That's not a fluke. It's not a mistake. All of these things, when you see the current invasion of Europe, not a mistake. NGOs, NGO organizations that are funded by the German government, by many of the European governments, 
are the ones that literally pick the refugee, the so-called refugees, the economic migrants. They are picked up. They are traveled. They are brought here. Then they're put into hotels across our country. It is all planned. That plan is to weaken us, to destroy us, to break down our resistance, to break down our communities. And in the end, to totally control us. And, that, and that's currently where we're at and where I believe we're at. And um, I believe the, the current situation of our country is the, is the most desperate it's ever been in. And we are, and we are as, a, as a nation and as a people lost. And, I, and part of that probably is because of our loss, our, our loss in faith, our loss in belief. Something else has filled that, a void has filled that. But I don't think that's, none of it's a mistake. The attack on families, the attack on Christianity, it's not a mistake. Yeah, you know, Tommy, one of the things that we've said here at the Sons of Liberty, and for people who who don't understand the passion of that history and knowing who you are, you can't know where you're going. That's an old saying that's there. That's what the Sons of Liberty do. We point back to our history. You know, our history is rich in Christian heritage. It was it wasn't the Quran that established America. It wasn't the Quran that established England, by the way. It was the Bible. It was the Word of God. And that's what we adhered to. And some people liked all the, the goodies that that brought, but they didn't like the God who, who established those things. And so that's why we're constantly reminding people of who we are, who we're supposed to be, not what we're told we should be, but who we're supposed to be. And so those warnings go out. Now, you had some years back, you started interacting with the Muslim community. I think there was a guy by the name of Mo, the, the, am I correct about that, that you kind of befriended. And what was the, what was the advantage? Because you took a lot of heat for going over there and saying, hey, I want to understand these guys. Now, what was your objective in that? And what was the result? Uh, did, you have, did you have some of your own people turn on you for just trying to understand these guys? I did. So as I said, I've grown up in Luton. So some of the best people I've grown up and met have been Muslim. Some of the people I've loved have been Muslim. I separate Muslims from Islam. People. That's right. Yep. Good. Muslims are people. Islam's an idea. It's a very, very bad idea that needs our criticism, needs... needs obsessed so what i said when i left the english defense league in 2015 and when i left what i said was nothing i hadn't been saying anyway but people took it a different way because i was leaving now i left because there were uh, there was um, reformist muslims or ex-radical muslims who held an organization who were trying to find a solution to the country's problems we have three or four million muslims in the uk um, but when you look at their dem when you look at the way they think, there's a huge problem of how many want Sharia, of how many believe, how many are against freedom of speech, how many believe in punishment for apostasy. So I was trying to find solutions, and I'm willing to walk, I'm willing to talk to anyone. Yeah. So when I left the English Defence League, I explored these avenues. I very quickly found that the representatives who were put forward to us by our government and by politicians, none of them were actually defending, def coming to their defence of or, or their point of defence from an Islamic ideology. Many of them have actually left Islam, but can't say they've left Islam. So when I started sitting with them, I said, well, this this isn't, this isn't whole thing's a lie because you're coming at it. And the reason you're saying these things, which you're, 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 you're pushing a false lie to the public. So people listen to this Muslim gentleman and think there's a solution because of how, how fair he sounds with his Islamic beliefs. But that's because his beliefs not coming from any Islamic scripture. They're coming from liberal beliefs because he's left Islam. So... I very quickly found that, that the whole organisation was a lie. Um, I was in prison shortly after that. I come out of custody after nine, 12 months, no, 12 months. And then I started my journalism. So whereas I used to be on the street doing street activism, I very quickly found that what I need to do is I need everyone to see what I've seen. I need everyone to know what I know. I need them all to experience what I've experienced, to understand. Because there's so many people in America, in the UK, who don't, do not understand 
what Islam is. Do not understand the difference between the followers of Islam. They think, oh, Islam is just like Christianity. Jesus is just like Muhammad. No, it's not. Jesus didn't kill anyone. He didn't behead anyone. Muhammad raped, pillaged, murdered. He was a barbarian. He was They're a pedophile. So he was different. a pedophile too. He was a pedophile. He was all these things. But most people just don't, are not aware of that. So I've realized I need to use I need to use this. I need to use the camera. And I started my journalism. I began working as a journalist for Rebel Media. And very quickly, my journalism exploded. It exploded for the reason that there are no journalists out there that are mainstream that are willing to tell the truth or even allowed to tell the truth when you look at controls. So I started my journalism, which is what I've gone, gone on to do. I've gone on to shine a torch on issues that no one dare talk about. And that has upset the British government. I've embarrassed them. I've humiliated them. I've done exposés on the BBC's main investigative programme, Panorama. Panorama. I sent undercover journalists in, you know, like for years in America, since Donald Trump, fake news, fake news, fake news. We've all believed the BBC was fake news. I got covert recordings of their lead, their most pristine investigative journalist documentary maker, telling people what to say about me in a documentary. I got them making up sexual allegations, which is so prominent now with Andrew Tate and Russell Brand. I got it all on camera. The lead, the lead man in that in that um, in, in Panorama, which was the government's basically the government's propaganda machine, where when you upset them, they use it to destroy you. Yeah, and, and I proved it categorically in a film, and not one single British journalist reported on that documentary, even though I had them planning and conspiring to make things up on a, on a mainstream documentary. It was pure proof of everything we've all alleged against the BBC and channels like this. Um, so I upset them with that. And the, the government's response to that was to lock me back up. And within 48 hours, I was deleted from every single social map, um, social media platform, every single one. Within 48 hours of producing that documentary, that documentary had 2 million views on Facebook alone in 48 hours, and they deleted it. And they sent to me, and they, they didn't just delete it. They went to the lengths where even if you mentioned my name on Facebook. Yep. Yeah. Well, Tommy, do you think that's setting up for something? Because... Because the following we amassed, and obviously there's so much trust in media, it, 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 it worried them. It terrified them. Do you, think, do you think this is something that they've, they've been setting up? And it's not so much to push Islam. They're using Islam as sort of a, uh, we talk about a political battering ram, the same way they're using the sodomites and the, the trans delusionals and all these other people. They're using them as a political battering ram. They're not there to push that. They're there to use it to grind down the culture uh, of men, and I, I say this on the show constantly, of men. It is to demoralize the men so that the men don't lead their families, they don't stand up for what's right, they're, they become fearful and all this, so that something else that's even worse than Islam comes in behind it. Do you see that going on? Because, look, they, they shut down Kate. They, they took her off all the platforms. They smeared her in the, in the, in the, BB, in the, uh, the English rags like they, do, like they do you. For what? Because she was telling the truth about health and wellness and what they were doing. It seems to me that it's all set up for something much bigger than what we see as Islam, even though that may be the political battering ram they're using. They, can I just say how fabulous Kate is as well? I just spent uh, a few days with her when she came over to do a podcast with her. She's beautiful. She's amazing. She's brave. She's fearless. She's everything they hate. And, and you, you couldn't stop laughing either, could you? Because <laughs> she's very funny. <laughs> It's brilliant. And, and, and do you know what? Do you know what? I remember when I first saw her come, come to light and the, and the newspapers run a story on her saying, um, is this the biggest danger to Britain? This woman. 
Not that we, we have 3,000 jihadists on 24-hour-a-day surveillance. And they had a picture of Kate Shemlani saying, is this the biggest threat to Britain? Yeah, And that's exactly where my awakening in a lot of these things come to realise it's about the narrative. It's about the narrative. So you go against any of their narratives. They're going to crucify you with the media. They're going to beat you with the media. They're going to attack you. They're going to demonize you. They're going to slander you. They're going for your money. They're going to bankrupt you. And, and, and this is what we've seen across the country now, across the globe. They, they use the politicization of the judiciary, the police. They, they, they go at every angle they can to attack you. But if you look, when I looked at that, what, what was Kate doing? Everything Kate said has been proven correct. Everything that they yep. said, which is what they couldn't allow. She, she, she amassed a very quick following of people, and she was one at the time. Do you know, like, now it's quite easy against vaccines, yeah? Well, it wasn't back then. Now it's quite easy to talk out about these things. Well, you certain people, and I look at this because I don't think they get the gratitude they need, certain people lost everything. Certain people stood in the face of tyranny, point blank, yeah? And they didn't back down. And those people are the people that shifted the Overton window to make it acceptable for many of the mainstream conservatives now in the, or Republicans or, or, or even in my country that now feel free to talk about it because they didn't talk about it at the time. Certain people led the way. Kate was one of them. There were others, but, but certain people led the way. They did it. They didn't back down. That's what I remember smiling at the time and, and just thinking this lady is not backing down. Yeah. She does not care. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know what, Tommy? One that that's what happened. We did an interview with her. You remember the five G thing that she had, the little twenty minute video, and she put it out and it millions of views. And we had her on about two weeks later. We had her for an interview. We became fast friends. And then she told me later that week, she said, you know, they fired me from the radio station to writing all this stuff. And I, I just said, you know, Lord, we don't have a Saturday show. I this lady needs to be heard somewhere, even if it's just here in America. And I didn't know how I was going to marry health and wellness to the Bible and the Constitution, but wow, have I learned not only up here, but practically. She's taught me things that have helped me with my health, and I would say that's to the glory of God. I point back to the Scripture for those things. You're exactly right. That's what they were doing. And you know what? The Lord opened up a door there on the Sons of Liberty. Now she's on Unity News Network. Now she's on TNT here in the States, and they wanted to do. They wanted to be like a roving reporter there. So it's it's kind of like what you you were doing she's just she's coming from a different angle she's coming in health and wellness and now she's doing journalism so to speak in in certain things and commentary on that so i think that's the point when when somebody's eyes are open to it they want to show people what they've seen that's what you've been doing you've been outside these courthouses i've watched some of your reports we've even reported on it here of you reporting on these muslim grooming gangs uh and their trials and even in that they want to shut you up. They say, no, you can't talk about this stuff. How ridiculous is this of the extents that they're going to to shut up Tommy Robinson? Oh, the extent the extent they go to is insane. As I said, I, I was reporting. I went to work one day in 2017. There was uh, approximately 30 men who were on trial for the rape of hundreds of young English girls. I went to work and, and I was as a reporter. And the reason I've done this, because... There's cases going on across the UK now. And when these cases first started coming into news, when they were forced, because of the actions of the English Defence League and the awareness rates, the police were then forced to start dealing with these gangs. They started arresting them. They've now made arrests in 64 cities for different gangs. They were all connected. Yeah? And they, you can call something a conspiracy. If one town's police force failed to act or the government failed to act on these gangs through fear of being branded racist, one town, that's a problem. But 64 towns Amen. where the police were fully aware 
Yep. Fully aware that the children were being raped. Fully aware that these girls were being prostituted in one town. I, I, I focus my time, and I've done a four-part series, soon to be five-part series, called The Rape of Britain, where I focused on a town called Telford in the UK. Now, this is where these numbers, if, you, if you're listening and you're from America, wake up. This should terrify you. Telford has a 1.7% Muslim population. Yeah, There's only 3,500 Muslims in Telford. You take away the women... Take away the under 16s, take away the over 70s. In that town alone, 1,000 children were identified as being the victims of these gangs. Five are dead. A mother, a daughter, and the baby inside are all burned alive. Okay? Five are dead in that one town. Now, if you take the men, there's only 1,000 Muslim men who fit the age that can be part of that part of the grooming gangs. The police identified over 200. That means over 20% of the Muslim male population in that town were involved in raping the English kids in that one town from 1.7% Muslim population. Now, the, the, an independent inquiry identified 360. I, in, the, I, in my investigation, I spent 12 to 8... Whoops, we've got a freeze up here. And I don't know if we're going to... You guys keep... Keep your prayers up because uh, I, you know, I realize things happen and uh, sometimes they happen in such a way that we don't. Um, well, maybe we're going to get something. We're going to see if he's going to come back on. I'm going to see if we can uh, catch him on uh, WhatsApp here, live radio. Sorry about that. We're, I mean, this is the way things are, but uh they're kind of they're kind of stuck here uh, in some things. So wanna um, see if we can get him back here. And I'm sending him a sending him a message. We'll we'll see what what we get from it. But you hear what you hear his passion, and his passion is there because of the fact that. Um, are, are you there, Tommy? Yeah, you, you froze up there for about, I don't know, the last minute or so. So I, I know you get real passionate. I, I hope people hear the passion you have because you've actually seen it. It's not because you've been lied to, there's a propaganda to you. You've actually went and saw it with your own eyes here. So you were talking about the, this town where the small amount of men were raping all of these English girls, and then you kind of froze up there. So you want to try to pick it up right there? Yeah, okay. So I was giving you the figures. So... The police identified 200, which is 20% of the male population of Muslims in that town were raping kids. It's frozen again, isn't it? Nope, you're good. Um, you're good. Go identified, ahead. We identified 254 men. And so you in, in America, you've probably heard of Telford and you've probably heard of Rotherham. Rotherham is where 1,400 children were identified. Well, Rotherham only has a 3.7% Muslim population. When I talk about this, it's because there's no Muslims there. 1,400 children raped, 1,000 children raped. There's no Muslims there. Yeah, my hometown has a 50% Muslim population. <coughs> you will never get the figures for these towns that have, have majority or massive numbers of Muslims. For example, in a town called Oldham, Oldham's, I think, 35, 36% Muslim. They put in for an independent inquiry and the councillors did against it. They prevented the independent inquiry, which means once the infiltration of the town has happened to such a level that the Muslims have infiltrated the council and government and the police, you will never get the true demographics, the true statistics or the true numbers of what's gone on in that town. No justice will be prevailed in any of the majority Muslim towns for these rape gangs. So I believe that Telford and, and Rotherham have been scapegoat cities because the government were aware that they need to deal with this. So they'll deal with it in these two cities and use these two cities to give us the numbers. Yeah. 
1,400 goals and there's no Muslims there. 1,000 goals and there's no Muslims there. What do you think the figures are like in Luton? In cities like Birmingham that's 50%. In cities like Bradford that's 60%. There are so many cities that are predominantly Muslim. And then we have to look at why this is happening. And that's the thing you're not allowed to ask. You're not allowed to ask. So Muslims make up 4% of the UK population, yet they are responsible for 90% of the convictions for these types of rape. Gang rapes of men who know each other, who target individual girls. They are responsible for 90%. 30% of the men convicted for these crimes are called Mohammed. Why? Why? What is it different about the Muslim community than the Sikh community? We have half a million Sikhs in this country. None of them, no, no, there's no Sikh gangs raping children. That's right. There's That's no right. Hindu gangs raping. And, it's not happening. Why? You're not even allowed to ask that question. And if you want to stop and solve this, you've got to understand it. So I went down the rabbit hole. I've researched the Quran. I've researched Muhammad. I've researched Islam. I've researched the beliefs. There's, there's four verses in the Quran that state very clearly you can take non-Muslim women as sexual slaves. And one of the verses actually says you are blameless. As a Muslim, you are blameless. Well, we've had another freeze up there. <laughs> Okay. And if anyone wants to argue with me, are we saying that these girls in Rotherham, the 1400 or the 1000 in Telford, are we saying that they've not been taken as slaves? They've been beaten, raped, tortured? Have we? It's probably because I'm getting angry. No, you're, you're, you're okay now. We, we froze up just for a short time, it's but that's so okay. Go ahead. And it's so frustrating when people say, oh, you don't talk about white rapists. It's like, really? That's your argument to this? Well, Tommy, this let's, let's talk. Let's, let's bring. The biggest rape gangs we've ever seen in our country's history. Let's break Fathers that down. Let's let's break that down a little bit. It, w nobody would justify a person that they have light skin. Again, I you know I go to the thing, and I, I'm just going to use this. Nobody is this color. <laughs> nobody is black either. We we use those terms, but the fact of the matter is, nobody's going to sit there and justify them any more than the other. But what we're but what you're pointing out is they come from a culture and an ideology that says this is okay. The, the, our culture doesn't say it's okay. We say, no, 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 you should be having a dirt nap for doing that. That's what you should be having. But what we do is we're, you're pointing out that there is an entire culture that thinks this is okay. The, and, that, and I think that's the problem. The biggest problem we have is that people don't understand how they think. I've had plenty of conversations. Any imam I talk to, I push them. And, and, and because no, there's no journalist that will do this, I say in your ideal society, Oh, and we're catching some more freezing up. Ah, sorry, but there's nothing we can do. I mean, um, ah, I I don't know what it is because I know he has good internet there. Uh, we spoke about that beforehand, so we'll wait for him. We'll wait for that to unfreeze there. But for whatever reason, boy, this is uh, this is very strange. Uh, you have good internet, and then you have these kinds of problems, but. I think it's evidence that somebody doesn't want Tommy to talk. Now, it could be just completely technical. Could be. But I don't think it is. And, uh, Father, you know what's going on. You know how the enemy's trying to stop Tommy from speaking out the truth of what he's saying. And we ask in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would protect him and you would give him a voice here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that didn't take long. Thank you, Father. Tommy, go ahead. You, you froze up there for the last minute, so we were going to issue a prayer and ask God that he would intervene on your behalf. I think he... Oh, go ahead. You're, you're good. Except you're muted. I don't know why. We're not getting uh, the sound there. Uh-oh. We had the video, then we lost the sound. Ah. 
Oh, I don't know what's happening. We'll try to give him another message. Uh, and I apologize. You guys on the radio, I know you're not seeing what goes on, but uh, we are connected by Zoom, and uh, this is constantly having a glitch here. Yep, China owns Zoom. I know. I get it. Um, I was going to actually let Zoom go, and it built my card because I didn't have the money at the time. I mean, that's just how tight we were. But uh, they went ahead and built it, so we went ahead and continued with the Zoom. And I've looked for other things so that we can interview people and have them on. Tommy is one of those guys, and I got to tell you, um, I don't know if we if we're going to get him back here. Um, yes, uh, to I'm going to ask him if he wants to relog and let's see if we can uh, we can try it that way. Maybe he can log out, and then we can we can have him log back in, and um, and and maybe that'll give a little bit of a reset. I'm not sure, but um, he's got full he's got full internet, and uh, says how frustrating. So I and I get that because we want people to have opportunity to speak and tell the truth, and the powers that are tolerated uh, just continue to. Um... Okay, all right, Tommy, do we got you back there? Or you froze up again. Oh, we're not got no sound. Do you want to try to relog? You want to try to relog, and we'll bring you back on. Let's see if that that'll reset it or something like that. Because uh, your camera's kind of freezing up, and then we're we're not getting any sound as well. It might be. It could be the the computer. Uh, it could be a number of things. Um, yeah. Let me uh, let me leave a message. You want to try to relog, and we'll bring you back on. So it's it's coming through a little bit, but there's a there's something that's bogged down. Tommy, do we got uh, you're moving? Do we got your mic there? I don't think we have his mic. So let's see if we can. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen here, but for whatever reason, we we've lost Tommy as far as uh, getting the talking and. Um, He's checking a message that I just left, so we're going to see if we can bring him back on here. One-man band here, right? It's live radio, so it makes it a little, I guess, interesting uh, that we have these kind of problems. But um, uh, we'll we'll try to try to get him going. Tommy, are you there? He starts moving on on camera, and then we and then it freezes up. So uh, again, I, I'm telling him to uh, to try relogging. Uh, so we can bring it back on because the information is that important that people need to hear it. And some people will say, well, Tim, you've been talking about Israel and you've been very critical of Israel. Yes, because they're, I, I talk about their Zionist government. Again, I distinguish the people of Israel. There's many people in Israel who are great people. They really are. And, um, and But it's the ideology of Zionism that's the problem. And in the same way, I've run into, like Tommy has, many Muslims who are great people uh, to deal with, but you're dealing with an ideology. Uh, Tommy, do we have you? Do we have you there, bud? Okay. All right. Uh, we got to cover it. I can't hear you. Can't hear you. Um, I don't know what's going on with the sound. Do you want to try to relog? Yeah. Go ahead and relog. Log out of Zoom and log back in, and we'll bring you back on. All right, so he's going to do the relogging. We're going to see if this if this sorts it out. Maybe we can at least get it to the end of the show. And if we if we need to go over a little bit, we can do that because he's he's full of information. I love his passion. I love the fact that he's out there and uh, doing what he's doing. 
and uh, keep them in your prayers. Some people have already said they've been praying for Tommy for many years, and and us as well, and we appreciate that very much. Pray with us, not for us. Pray with us. We're all going to the same Father, so pray with us, not for us. And um, so many people have been have been doing that. And uh, I think that's presented some cover for Tommy, even though he's found himself sometimes in some very difficult situations, uh, especially, I think it was a few years back, uh, one of these guys who was an, uh, an illegal immigrant into England had, I, I want to say, sort of approached his daughter at a public pool. Um, and he got, a lot of, he got in a lot of trouble, but rightly so, as he was a father protecting his kid, and um, they had... He'd gotten into into a fight, if if I recall correctly. He got in a fight with him, as any father should do. That's nothing to condemn. That's something to praise and to build up and to say, this is what more men should be doing. This is why it it, it boggles our mind, or boggles my mind, that people would take their kids to these drag queen shows. Men would take their kids to these drag queen shows. Mothers! Isn't it... Wouldn't it, isn't it the natural instinct of the father and the mother to protect their kids from such things? I thought it was. It used to be. But that restraining influence of the law, boy, that's going away. The restraining influence of the law. This is why I say, men, we have to be the law the way the Constitution says and the way the Bible says. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15. We have to be the law. We have to be those who stand up and those who are in the gap, and those who protect the family, the, the, the women, and the children, just like our forefathers did. And if we're not willing to do that, what we're, what we're dealing with is we're dealing with cowardice. We're going to be dealing with cowardice. And uh, Tommy's relogging back in. It's taking a little bit here, and we're going to bring him back up as soon as he comes back online. But this is why I, I so encourage... The, the, the solution and answers to our political woes lie in repentance. It's going back to what God said that we should be. And I'm going to tell you, the, 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 the position of the man is that he is to be the protector. This is why we have Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15 and 16. The men of this country are to be the law enforcers. There's not a thin blue line. There's not a thin brown line. There's not federal agencies that are listed. It is you and I, men. We're to be those who are to be the protectors, to be the watchmen on the wall and such. And uh, we've got Tommy back. Tommy, can can I hear you? I don't know if I can hear you or not. Can you hear me? Yes, I got you. Great, great. I know it's a little frustrating, uh, but we can give you a little more time if we need to, if we need to go over the radio just a little bit. I, I hate that you're getting cut off because you're getting into a role and then that's where you get cut off. But go ahead and pick up. I was just kind of filling in the gap there. So basically, so, you, so, so Americans understand the level of, uh, the level of criminal criminality that's been allowed by our police forces. Our police forces basically sanctioned sanctioned and allowed Muslim gangs to rape our daughters. I know that sounds unbelievable. But in 2015, a government report came out on the town of Rotherham. So we'd been warning about it for five, six years. We've been screaming about it. The first time I started talking about it was in 2004. Yeah? We've, been, we've been called every name under the sun. And then in 2015, the government report comes out, which highlights and says 1,400 children were raped. It says the police were in full knowledge, the government were in full knowledge, but they were too scared to do anything because all the perpetrators were Pakistani and all the victims were racist. And they didn't want to raise tensions because multiculturalism was more important than the rape and protection of children. That's, that, that, that's, how, that's how it was viewed. And in these reports, 
people understand just the level of depravity and the level of torture that was going on. One young girl who was 11 years old had a hot iron rod heated up. This is in the city of Oxford. And the letter M. And they heated the iron rod up and scolded on her bum because she was the property of Mohammed. Two fathers, whose both their 13-year-old girls have been kidnapped by these Pakistani Muslim gangs. They were in a house being raped. The dads got together. They went round the house to get their daughters back. The police turned up. They arrested the fathers for breach of the peace. They left the girls in the house. They literally accommodated and facilitated the rape and prostitution of our children. They allowed it. And anyone who spoke up, guess what? You were a racist, an Islamophobe, an extremist. You were lying. You were fear-mongering. But every single thing, all of a sudden, once one fell, and a journalist called Andrew Norfolk was the first journalist to report on this in 2015. He was given awards. He's now a hero. When he reported on it, do you know what he said? He'd known about it for years. So he isn't a hero. He should have got no awards. He's a coward. Yes. He's a coward who allowed our daughters to be raped. And the only reason he gave that he was then reporting on it because he was taking it back from the far-right English Defence League because this point had been taken over by this far-right group of people. By far-right, they mean concerned English men and women who have had enough of seeing our country decay, our freedom disappear, our daughters prostituted, beaten, raped. We've had enough of terrorism. We've had enough of the hostility we face from the Islamic community. And because we speak up about it and because we're not educated in the way that many of our politicians are, then we're deemed as fascist or extremist. We're looked down upon. I know in the UK, we have a massive classes system where the elite, even the Labour Party, the Labour Party in the UK, which is your Democrat Party, who are supposed to represent the working class, 90% of their politicians are privately educated. The separation from reality of these wealthy people compared to us and the reality of our life where we live when you import Somalians, Eritreans, Pakistanis, Afghanis, when you stick them in our communities and we see the level of hostility, violence, we see something that we've never seen before. And then when we, you're not even allowed to talk about it. You're not even allowed to mention it or you're deemed an extremist or racist. And now when we started out, we blew up. But now the level of censorship and, and, and the main thing that people should realise is it started with us. It started with open border immigration. It shifted. They're now censoring doctors. They're censoring nurses. They're imprisoning these people. Yeah, they're, they're, they're attacking women, females. So you're not free from it. You may find yourself on the right side of freedom of speech in a minute, but they continually move the goalposts. Transgenderism. They want to legalise paedophilia. They want to promote sexualization of children. So you start talking out about that in the next year, two years, you may find yourself getting censored. That's right. Which is what which is why the left should be awake to this. This isn't an issue of left or right. It's an issue of right and wrong. Absolutely. Right now. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Tommy, in this country, one of the things that the Sons of Liberty have talked about is there is no right or left. That is a that is a fictitious thing so that it distracts us from law. What we have is the lawful and the lawless, and that's how we should be calling them. The lawless, not the left. Left of what? Right of what? The law. Nobody ever asked that question. They never say, okay, what's the extreme right? Well, it's extremely right of the law. And we look in the scripture, and what God tells us is, don't turn to the left or to the right. 
stay on the straight and narrow, the path I've given you. And what, what they want to do is they want to distract us to think we need to be divided. We need to be separate from the law. And whether it's on the right or the left, both of them are separate from the law. And you have the same thing in your country. What I forget the different, uh, you've got the, no, I was going to say the Tories, the Labor Party, and all these other kinds of things over there in your political system. And they're, what are they doing? They never go back and say, we can do this because our law says that this is our authority to do. Nobody ever does that in, D, in the District of Criminals. They, they come up and they say, we're just going to pick up a topic and we're going to start writing law and we're going to start funding it, despite the fact that Article 1 of our Constitution never gives them authority to do so in the first place. We have the Conservative Party who are not conservative. We, they're all the same. They're all the same. Unfortunately, in the UK, our political system, they're all the same. Nothing changes. The borders remain open. The replacement continues. The weakening of our society. And the biggest problem now is the feminization of men, the weakening of men. When you, I looked in the United States at your Z generation, 20% of them identify as LGBTQ+. Yep. If you cannot see what has happened through the education system that has been infiltrated and controlled with the left, from, from far left extremists, from communists, from Marxists, and they're winning the battle. And unless we act now as the, the last generation that can, the new, the new generation come through, they don't believe in freedom. And they want it. They want control. They will take your freedom. Yeah, they've been indoctrinated that way, brother. And they believe that it's right. They believe what they're doing is right. They believe, they build us up. Say, look, they built me up as this poster boy, as this extremist, as this man full of hate. I've got no hate. I've got love. I love my country. I love my children. I love my history. I love my culture. There's a thousand years of history in this country, and we're not giving it away. We're not giving it away. You're not taking it like that. Amen. You're not weak. And when when men stand up, and I think that we managed to, we did manage to politicise a generation. I'm sitting there. I left the English Defence League in 2015 because I believed that street protests, we brought it to where we needed to with street protests. There were suicide plant, there were planned suicide attacks. I believe that when the two communities went against each other, it could have been a total breakdown, and we could have had a conflict on the streets of the UK. Mm. We then focused. I then focused on journalism to try and awaken the public. But when I look now at the at censorship. And what they've done to us at the demon, at the slandering, the attacks, the imprisonments, the abuse of legal power, the, the, the politicization of the judiciary. I think you're giving us no choice but I to agree. go back on the street. Yeah. You're giving us no choice. Tommy, can, can you hang on? Can, can you hang on for us over the radio spot for a couple of minutes? Is that OK? Of course I can. We'll try to we'll try to give you make up time for all those glitches that we had, guys. If you want to follow Tommy, uh, Tommy Robinson official on Rumble, you can pick him up there. Uh, a lot of great um, journalism videos that he's got going on. He sent me a couple, especially on these these young ladies who are being raped. I mean, it's heartbreaking. And if you're not filled with a righteous indignation, I don't know how to help you. Also, Tommy Robinson News, T. Robinson News on Twitter. You can follow him there, and I'm sure there's some other places as well. Bradley, be with you at 3. We're going to hold Tommy over for a few minutes over here on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and then we'll be back in the morning, Lord willing, 8 a.m. with Kate Shimrani. Talk to you then. See ya. Okay. All right. So I didn't give the number out because we got into everything so quickly. But if you want to call in, the, the phone lines are open, 803-619-9855. If you've got a question for Tommy or comment, uh, please stick to the topic. Okay. Um, I don't want to have to cut somebody off because they're not on topic. So please stick to the topic, 803-619-9855. Again, this is just while the show is going on. It's not for calling me afterwards. Okay. <laughs> That's the way it is. So uh, Tommy, I'm going to turn it over to you and you go, brother. 
I'm an open book. So anyone wants to ask me anything, you can ask me anything. I'll answer openly and honestly. Can, can, let uh, me let me ask you something about that because you know we've had some guys come in. And uh, I, I appreciate the fact that you do distinguish between the ideology and the people, um, and and you can you can deal with a rational person because let's face it, most Muslims are Muslim in name only. They really don't know the Quran in in many cases. Like many Christians, they claim they're Christian, but they don't know the Bible. They they don't even know how to follow it. They're not reading it. They're not spending time in it. But you've been also called, uh, you know, a variety of names of things. You, you've been told. I, I had people come in when we tried to have you on last time. They were already coming. Oh, he's a shield for Israel and this, that, and the other. I think you're just as much against Zionism as probably I am. But there's there's distinctions that we make. Like even now, I make a distinction between Hamas, which Israel largely created. I mean, they, they created a problem like our CIA did with Al Qaeda and ISIS and all the other. And but yet there's a distinction because there's some great Palestinian people as well as there's some bad ones. We have that in the mix of everything that we're in. So how do you respond to those people who want to say, "Oh, you're just a shield for Israel and this and that"? I'm sure you've got a response because you people attack you in those areas. I'm called a Zionist, yeah. I call Zionist. I say, what does Zionism mean? So I, I wore a badge saying I'm a Zionist, when I, and I wore it because. Nick Griffin, who was the leader of the National Front, which is a far right, a Nazi organisation. When I first started the English Defence League, he said he said that we were government stooges and we worked and we designed this. So to take the piss, because I found it humorous, I wore a badge the next time I'd done something. I just said I'm a Zionist, yeah, and as humour. I also <laughs> wore a. I went to a fancy. I went, I, went, I went to a wedding, and in a wedding they had one of these photo booths where you put different hats on. One of the hats was a Jewish. Uh, Jewish with the curls. I put the hat on, and 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 I said, "I'm going to get rid of the white race." Yeah, I was t I was having a laugh. Yeah, I was just making videos, and they take these and they say that I'm a Jew. Yeah, and I'm Jewish. I don't hate Jews. Okay, I'm born in Luton. As I said, our most radical mosque is called the Luton Islamic Centre. It was where um, what was his name? The man who done the Westminster Bridge attack. He was part of it. It's where the Stockholm bomber was radicalised. Well, that mosque used to be a synagogue. All the Jews have been driven out of Luton. I can remember in 2005, when Jewish people remember the Holocaust, I can remember families having to barricade themselves inside Luton Town Hall and lock themselves inside as radical jihadists and Muslims tried to attack them for remembering the Holocaust. I can show you videos of thousands upon thousands of Muslims marching through my town. And as they march through, they're going to Kayuba, Kayuba. They're chanting about the time Muhammad beheaded 600 Jews. OK, this isn't to do with Israel. This Jew hatred isn't entirely to do with Israel. It's in the Quran. Yes. Take Israel out of yep. it. Take Israel out of it. True, true Muslims who take the Quran literally still hate Jews. Okay. Now, and when I get passionate, I get passionate about the Hamas situation because Palestine or Gaza, 50% of the people there elected a government, Hamas, whose second article on their charter says the final day of judgment does not come until all the Jews are dead. It doesn't say until all the Zionists are dead. It says until all the Jews are dead. The final day of judgment does not come. Yeah? So I look at, if I was a Jew, how I would think about the 50% of people who elected that government. And I know the Israeli government do lots of wrongs. I know there's lots of wrongs on all sides. But I understand Hamas. I understand that Hamas is ISIS. I understand that they, they took 14 aid workers in this latest invasion or where they run over the border, which I believe Israel let them do. Yeah, I believe that those intelligence services 
Israel's intelligence services, this is not, they, 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 they could have stopped that, I, I truthfully believe. I don't know the reasons. I think they need to be explored as why they let that happen. Maybe they want to bomb them. Maybe they want to take them out. Maybe they want right. World War Three. Yep. But it doesn't change the fact of who Hamas are. So Hamas, you cannot negotiate with. Hamas are ISIS. Okay. They, they took 14, 14 Thai aid workers, 14 Thai workers and beheaded them with blunt instruments. That's got nothing to do with Jews, Israel. These men, these men and the religious motive for it take out Israel. Take out the and, and they still believe the things they believe. Hezbollah, Hamas, these groups, ISIS, Al Shabaab, all these organisations, they have an Islamic supremacy mindset. So that's why I come out very passionately in that side. Now, when I look at and I look at the UK, I don't see any Jewish gangs that are raping our daughters. I don't see any Jewish gangs that's right. heroin for. Yeah, I don't see any Jewish gangs. In fact, I only see and we see it time and time again in the UK. And this is the education system. So I see that. I went to Israel. I did go to Israel and I went there. And when I went there, I paid some young Arab Muslims. I've got the footage of this. You can watch it. I paid some young Arab Muslims. And it may have been stupid of me. Yeah? I went there and I paid young Arab Muslims to take me at our controlled refugee camp near Bethlehem in the disputed territories. Yeah? So all the places, when I went there, it says, do not go past here. Yeah, That's where I wanted to go. Okay, And I wanted to go there because I wanted to understand. <laughs> if I talk about these issues... You've got to understand the issues. So I went there and I spent a day on a refugee camp. I spent a day with the children, all the videos of there. I spent a day with a fourth generation refugee who was a young Muslim lad. And you know what he advised me? And he said, do not fund free Palestine because the money does not come to us. I am a fourth generation refugee. My children will be a fifth generation. Their children will be sixth generation because it, it profits. And they want us to remain in this position Palestine has had more money than Germany had after the World War to rebuild, but they haven't rebuilt and they won't rebuild because it benefits them to have refugees because they want war and they want the obliteration of they want the obliteration of Jews, many of them. And, and, and the amount of times there's been a, an off, offering of a two-state solution, which they don't want. They've never wanted it. And I know Israel created Hamas to go against Yasser Arafat. Right. Problems, there are problems everywhere. Yep, but they're sure. because of my belief so passionately against the Islamic supremacist mindset, we cannot, you cannot start sympathizing with Hamas. Hamas hide, hide their weapons in hospitals, hide their weapons in schools. They use those people as human shields. If you want to free, so I say, if you want to free Gaza, free from Hamas, free from Islamic supremacy, give them freedom. I, I have the beliefs I have. When I went around that refugee camp, I wanted to give my money to those kids. I walked out of there wanting to give them, wanting to help those children because I've got children. And I looked at those kids and I said to my friend, I said, Dean, like we look, imagine. And you know what I found out, which the young Muslim lad told me is that the Palestinian Authority, I kept saying to him, who's oppressing you? Do you know who he said? The Palestinian Authority. He didn't mention Israel. He said the Palestinian Authority because the Palestinian Authority. And he kept correcting me. Just as we've seen some Bedi, I think 50 Bedouin Muslims, Muslims who were astute in the Quran, were murdered by Hamas recently. Yeah. Yep. In this invade. In sure. Iraq. Because. And this is what the Palestinian Authority do. They give the equivalent, say, £4,000 a month. So anyone coming out of these refugee camps, if you go and you kill, and he corrected me, I said, I said, so we had all the murals and all the houses, all the murals of women who were blown up buses of terrorists. I said, these are terrorists. He said, they're freedom fighters. I said, okay, different view. But they get that the only way out of that camp for your family, if you go and kill an Israeli, for the rest of your life your, and your family's life, they get £4,000 a month from the Palestinian Authority. That made me question because what I always believed was totally religious. I then thought, with well, that mercenaries. I said, so if they go and kill a Jew, and he said, no, an Israeli. 
They didn't care if it was a Muslim Israeli or a Jewish Israeli. That, I was like, what? I said, so if you or an Arab or an Arab Israeli. Or an Arab Israeli. They didn't care. And, and and there was so much I thought I knew that after spending days there, I spent I spent the time there. I spent time with Jews. I went to the I went to the what, what are called illegal settlements in the middle of nowhere. I spent time on there to assess and see what was going on. And I spent time with Arabs and Muslims. And I asked lots of Arab Muslims who live in Israel. I remember saying, we were by the Golan Heights. The bombs are going off in Syria. And I said, what's it like living in Israel as a Muslim? Do you know what he said? He laughed at me. Yeah? He said, where do you think I want to be? Do you think I want to be over there? Yeah. He said, I pray five times a day, brother. I pray five times a day. I pray five times a day. So, again, I unfortunately now in society, we have to question absolutely everything we are told. And we have to search for the truth in everything we are told. So I don't trust or believe one thing I'm told, which is why I went there, which is why I went to spend time. So why there's wrongs on lots of things. How do you, and I gave this analogy the other day. Yeah? I said, it, in England, if Scotland, which is on our border, elected a government that said the final day of judgment, 50% of them, the final day of judgment does not come until all the English are gone. Yeah. If they said that and they continually fired rockets, not at military targets, but at houses and people, we would be saying bomb the shit out. Excuse my language. Sorry. We would be saying deal with this. So yeah, it's sure. such a complex thing. When you're, we're seeing now young Palestinian children being carried out on stretchers and dying. It's brutal. But war is brutal. And Hamas and Hamas, I'll say it, Hamas, Hezbollah, um, ISIS, Al-Shabaab. Every one of these barbarians need to be wiped off the face of the planet because you see what's happening right now. They're coming through your borders. Yeah. Okay? Well, Tommy, can we, can we let's 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 break that down a little bit because I, I totally agree with you. Al Shabaab, Al Qaeda, ISIS, Hamas, all these I can clearly side with you on. Amongst the people, when we're told polls say, well, these people elected them. I mean, come on. We, we've seen this in America. You guys have seen it over in England. Yeah, they give us polls that tell us Joe Biden and Donald Trump are neck and neck. Are you kidding me? That isn't that isn't the truth. We know we know better than those kinds of things. And look, I've been very critical of Donald Trump because we hold to the Constitution. So I'm not holding to a personality. I'm holding the Constitution. And, and we'll point out what, he, you know, these things that are done lawless that his supporters will say, oh, it's okay because their guys were lawless too. And this is, again, the mindset that we're fighting is a politically driven one that's fueled by a narrative from the CIA-controlled Mockingbird media. So we, we have to be discerning about these things. I know you know this. I wanted to bring this up because um, you know, you don't see the chat right now unless you're over there on Sons of Liberty. But a lot of people are saying you're, you're speaking the truth. You're telling what's going on. And that's why you're being targeted. This is what the scripture says. It says if it's talking about the watchman on the wall. I think you are that for England over there. If when he sees the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people. Then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not the warning. If the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. Not the guy who's blowing the trumpet, which is what you're doing. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, this is, look, this is among your countrymen as much as it is mine, who, who will not blow the trumpet uh, and, and, and make warning for the people. And the people be not warned. If the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. 
So by us not speaking, Tommy, us not calling these kinds of things out, whether they be the lawless politicians who become uh, traitors to, to the people, or whether it's calling out the, the, the ideology of Islam or Zionism or whatever's come in to our midst and not saying, wait a minute, that is lawless, that is not who we are as a people. And again, I'm I'm for people who want to come from different parts of the country. I don't care if they're Pakistani or Iranian or whatever, but you're going to assimilate into this society because when you go back in the Old Testament, one of the things that you see is the stranger comes in. You treat them the same. They're under the same law, and they're going to assimilate. In other words, they're going to observe your feasts. They're not going to bring in their own thing and do their own thing out in the public. They're going to observe yours. They're going to do what, what God has commanded you. And so <clears throat> I think that's a big thing. You see that cultural shift going on because you actually have other cultures coming in. And the Bible says there's not peace within the gates when there's foreign gods that are brought in the midst of them. And that's exactly what you're seeing right there. They're not here to assimilate. They're here to dominate. That's right. That's and exactly right. Unfortunately, the ones from Pakistan, if, if they hold dear to them the Quran and they follow the practices and the teachings of it, it doesn't allow them to assimilate. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I blame our politicians. I blame our weak, cowardly politicians who are allowing. We have 100 Sharia courts operating in the UK. I blame them. And, and, and I look at Ukraine. I look around the globe. And honestly, I'm not perfect. I don't have the solutions or the answers to everything. I do what I do based on, on my belief, my experience. Sometimes it may be right. Sometimes it may fall short. Um, but I have the, I have my country's best interests at heart. And um, we all make mistakes. And, I, and certainly... It's such a complex issue. You can't be right on everything. You're going to make mistakes. And knowing what's true and what's not true is our, is our biggest problem currently right now. We're lied to, and you're right. And the CIA seemed to be, 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 seemed to be behind everything. When, when the war was going on with Assad, we were, I, I believe we were on the wrong side. We were, we were funding and, and, and pushing ISIS. I, I believe that taking out Gaddafi was a bad move. I believe that the attack on Iraq and Saddam Hussein was a terrible move. I believe that they knew that by removing Gaddafi, probably because of his gold that he wanted to, uh, in his new his new currency he wanted to create for Africa and be the king of Africa, probably because of that. But by taking him out, they knew it opened the borders to Europe. Now, if you go back and look at the Barcelona Declaration, if it's all documented. It's planned. The replacement of our people by weak, by, by, by less less ambitious people, by people who are quite happy to be slaves to the system, quite happy to be controlled. We're not. We're ambitious. We want better. We want more. I believe that COVID, I believe that all of these, it's like a jigsaw and all the pieces just started falling together. The breakdown of, 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 of the middle class, the destruction of small business, which is what we've seen, the growth of the corporations, the five or six corporations they want to control the world. I believe that all of it is the biggest threat. And, um, and when you say about, and I understand your point is about if we don't, if we don't, speak out. I use the name Tommy Robinson. My real name was Stephen Lennon. I use that name because I was scared like every one of you. Okay. I was scared because I had seven, between me and my wife, we had seven properties and two successful businesses. And I didn't want to lose it just like you. I had mortgages and bills and ambition and, and, a, and a life that I wanted to create for my children. And then it become to realize that it doesn't really matter how much money, it doesn't matter how successful you are individually, because what's coming next for the, in, not just your children, not just my children, the entire next generation of children is that dark, is that satanic, that you have to speak out. And I started speaking out and I was still cowardly. I, I wore a mask. I wore a mask for the first 12 months of my activism. I didn't want to be this guy. I wasn't willing to be this guy. I wasn't brave enough to be this guy. But some people say, oh, you show because uh, of the courage. Courage only comes from fear. 
That's right. Courage comes from I was scared. I was terrified. I've been terrified for the last 10, 15 years. Yep. You know what terrifies me more? Not the consequence of people wanting to attack me or violently attack me or be in prison. What terrifies me more is what the future looks like for every one of our kids mm. if we don't stand up and say mm. something. Amen. Amen. You know, the, 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 there, was a, there was an old saying that said, the men who fear the face of God need no, need no fear of man. And those who fear man don't fear the face of God. And the Bible tells us that the fear of man is a snare. It's a snare. And I appreciate your candidness and your openness to say, hey, look, I'm not this guy that you think I am. I have fears. I have things that I have to overcome, too. There are, I'm a man. You're not a god. And and and, if, and people want to take talking heads and they want to exalt them, and we're just men. We we just we put our pants on like everybody else does. We have to pay the bills like everybody else does. We have to go to work just like everybody else does. And you're one of those guys. And so when I when I say things about like reading Ezekiel thirty three there, and I talk about you or I talk about the things, I, I I do look at you as an example that set forth. The Lord has put you in that position for a reason. And I think you give courage to other people who feel the way you do because you've been there. You know what it's like. You know what it is to 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 face losing everything. And what did Jesus say? He said, "You know, the one who wants to save his life is going to lose it, but the one who wants to lose his sake for my sake." And I'm I'm specifically talking about the words of the Lord Jesus. If they're willing to lose it for my sake, they will find it. And I see you growing over the years that I've. You know, this is the first time we've actually had a conversation, and we've had some conversation on WhatsApp or whatever, but the first time we've had a conversation, but I've watched you for years. You've never seen me. And I, I've seen an example of, of courage. And I know that there's fear. I've heard some of your, your comments, especially when they targeted what was it, your daughter at a public pool. And, and you did what, and I was telling people when you froze up, I said, you did what any God-fearing, uh, child-loving father would do. You went and dealt with that dude. And you got in trouble for dealing with it. I don't know if he ever got in trouble for what he was doing there or not. But you're a guy who leads by example, not just by what you're saying, but you're leading by example in how you're living. And that's why you're on the show, because we have people who either do the stuff or they're going to teach me something. And I think you've done a little bit of both on that. Uh, thank you. I, saw, I, I said this to Kate as well. I said, because even I've been times, man, and I've been in some dark places. I think I've done a year of solitary confinement. The onslaught from the state was something that really shocked me. And the angles they come from, whether it be the financial, they hit me through the courts. There was a film I made called Silence. They, the police, they, they hit me for 1.5 million. Their goal, I know their goal. Their goal is to bankrupt me, which leaves my children, which they were successful in, which would leave my children vulnerable and reliant on the state. If we're reliant on the state, my family are vulnerable. If my, if my family can move like this and they have support of people, I can continue to do the work I do. So when they'd looked at everything else, they'd imprison me. That didn't work. I reckon they're, they're scratching their heads saying, this geezer just won't shut up. He will not stop. I said, and I said, to, I said this to Kate. I said, Kate, do you not, have you not sat there at times? Because I have. Have you not sat there and felt, I'm tired? Yeah, I'm tired. I, I, I'm struggling here. She, no, she said, she said, no. I thought, which I totally admire. She hasn't once thought about it. Well, oh, I it's have. fuel. It's I fuel for her, brother. It's fuel for her. It just, that's what drives her on. I think it really does it for you, even though you may have different thoughts. No, I, I think that even if I, I said we're in a position now that even if we wanted to, we can't um, because people there's not many. That we have to set example and we have to set example. So people sit at home and think, well, if he can go through this, I can go through it. If he Amen. can open his mouth. That's right. 
we are in a position. I'm, I'm in a position. I'm in a lucky position at times where people listen to me, and, that, and that's lucky in the sense because I can awaken them and give them information that, that they didn't have. They trust me. I'm, I'm in a trusted position. That has left me in a position where young girls who have been raped will come and tell me things that they won't tell journalists. It gives me the ability to highlight these stories. It's pretty disheartening when they censor you. So rather than reaching millions, you end up reaching thousands or hundreds of thousands now. But we need. Um, but yeah, I think that we're in a position. Even if I, even if I wanted to. Um, I'm not in a position to because people are listening and, and not just listening, but they're, they're I realized when I went to jail in 2017, I was put in prison. I was on solitary confinement and I received this much mail every single day. It totally changed my mindset on who my support base was. I always believed my base was a, um, an, a not an uneducated, but a very poor working class background. The letters that I got of solicitors, of doctors, of, of the highest of society who have all been watching who are all listening, who all feel a connection with me because when they attack me, they believe they're, I'm talking for them. So then I re realised, and it was very, it was a bit daunting because I realised, because I, I know I'm not perfect and I know who I am. I know my background and I'm sitting there reading these thinking, wow, these people are relying on me. They're relying on me because there's no other solution or there's no other talking. And that was a bit of a weight. It was a bit, it felt like a weight because I thought like, not thought because I, I don't want to stop anyway. I've had this conversation. Do you know how many times my ex-wife begged me just to shut up? Yeah. Just stop. Yeah. The children, the family, I had her father tell me the same. And I asked, and when her father said you, it, ha said, you had Joe, you had Joe's wife. Why don't you just curse God and die? You had Joe's wife. That's what you had. But I, I said, I said to even when her father begged me and he said, they're now threatening my daughter. My daughter's life's now in danger. But I just said, am I wrong? Is there anything I'm saying that's incorrect? But uh, Tommy, Gosh. Tommy, let, let's correct that 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 narrative too. If he's telling you you're threatening, wait a minute. Are you not perceiving the threat against your daughter without me speaking? What's coming? The threat against your grandkids? I mean, appealing to this guy to just look around you at what you're calling out? I don't think I don't think many people care. I don't think as long as they're until I, it comes to their house. I realize this. And I, and I looked at some of my good friends, looked at them very differently because I said, well, you don't care. So you're OK. What? Because you've made a bit of money and you're in a nice village and you're, you've moved out of the Islamic ghetto. Yeah, you're OK. Well, that problem's coming. It may not be here now, but in 10 years or 15 years, it's knocking at your door again. When at what point do you keep do you stop running when you get to the beach? At which point do you look around this country and say, hold on a minute. This is our country. Yeah? This is our country and there's history here. And people have sacrificed to give us the freedom we've got. And are we giving that away so easily? Have we become that weak? When I look, and I look deeply at these things, so I look at previous generations, and I look at 14-year-olds who are lying and pretending they're 16 so they could run into those beaches and die, yeah? so they could defend this nation, so they could serve this country, so they could protect the next generation. And I look at the generation now who are scared to even open their mouth. And I just think, how have we become a cowardice generation and nation like this. And, and then I look and think, well, it isn't a mistake either because they've feminized us. They've weakened yes, us. Yep. They've, took they've took testosterone away from us. They've stopped men becoming men. Men don't fight anymore. They don't know how to fight. They're not ready to fight. Yep. Um, my son does. My son will. And so should every one of yours. Amen. Sure Come you on. Make sure you bring them up to be strong warriors and men. Yes. Every day to fit and healthy. If I could live back my time, if I could go back the last 15 years, I would make sure that I'm physically fit. Because if you're physically fit, you're mentally fit. Amen. If you're prepared, 
And I think that was one of the mottos we had with the English Defence League, prepared for peace, but ready for war. And at that time, I, I wasn't because I wasn't physically fit. And, and I think that... Um, I think that it's so important and they don't want you to... I believe the attack on Andrew Tate is because of this. He started making children want to become men. He sure. started making boys want to be men. Yep. He started wanting them to be the best version of themselves. And that, and they don't want that. They want you reliant on drugs, reliant on antidepressants. They want you weak. They want you fat. They want you They want you feminized. And and they want it because then they can control you. That's right. Well, Tommy... This is this is the 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 central focus of the Marxist agenda is to rip apart the pa family in the first place is to start with the emasculation of men. Now, when you were talking about setting that example, and we were talking about that before, I couldn't help but think of Nicholas Ridley and Hugh Latimer. You may know them from history uh, as some Protestant ministers who went to the stake. I mean, they were burned at the stake. And here's one of the things, uh, Dr. Ridley. Entering the place of execution first, earnestly holding up both his hands, looked toward heaven. Then shortly after seeing Mr. Latimer, with a cheerful look, he ran to him and embraced him, saying, Be of good heart, brother, for God will either assuage the fury of the flame or else strengthen us to abide it. And he had people saying, you know, Dr. Latimer, will you hold your hands up to show us that God's grace will allow us to endure such these kinds of persecutions? And during the flames, what did he do? He lifted up his hands as a sign that God's grace was sufficient in that. And brother, are you not lifting up your hands to say, if you speak the truth, yeah, you're going to come under fire. But it's bearable. You can do it. Is that not what you're telling people? I'm telling people that you'd have to take my head off before I submit to Islam. I'm telling people that that's what you'd have to do. There will never be any wavering on that issue. And that's because I understand what Islam is. And I, I think that I think and, and I think deeply about history. And I look at 1400 years of history, you know, the Battle of the Gates of Vienna in 1683 on September the 11th, when Islam was repelled from massacring Christianity. And I look and people think this is all new, all the war in the Middle East. No, it's not new. Nothing's new here. It's been going on for 1400 years. That's right. Okay. It's, it's not new. Wake up. And stop on and stop trying to and, and get your and, and the biggest weapon I said when people talk about burning the Quran, don't burn it, read it, understand it. I know it's hard to understand, but understand it, understand just I'd say pick up the biography of Muhammad by Ibn Ishtaq if you want to understand Islam, understand who that man was. Okay, he is not a man that we have four million Muslims in the UK who believe he's perfect. Perfect is a barbarian, he's a pervert, and, yeah, he's a pervert, and your politicians are now pushing this. They're pushing it to believe what equality, we're all equal, cultures are all equal. No, they're not. No, they're not. But you don't understand the difference between them. And there's one thing you can't argue with me. I, I'm versed on it. I'm researched on it. I, I fully understand and know what I'm talking about. And that doesn't mean I hate. And that's the biggest thing. It's like, oh, you hate Muslims. No, I don't. I want to free them. I want to free them. I want, I want Muslim young girls. Come on, I want young Muslim, I want young Muslim girls born in the UK to really understand freedom and feel freedom, which they don't and they're not allowed to. And they don't, and, and that's, and our government are so weak. The police forces are so weak. But unfortunately, as 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 uh, time goes on, I look at where we are. Fifteen years on from my activism, have things got better? If you ask anyone in America, look around your country. Are you going in the right direction? Have you got more freedom or less freedom? Do you feel free? Are there, do you feel under attack? Is freedom of speech disappearing? Are your borders closed? Are you secure? 
Is your country secure? Your, your, your politicians want to secure Ukraine's borders, but not your own. I just saw last week four, four Iranian terrorists were stopped at your border. How many do you think are getting through? In none, and none of it's a mistake. None of it's a mistake. I'm looking at a 2024 election and we look to America, or I look to America, certainly. I believe that unless, if the Democrats are voted in again, it's, it's the most, it's terrifying for us. Well, that's the question, Tommy. It, are they actually being voted in? Because we, we know how in history that they're not being voted in. They're cheating their way in just like they did in 2020. Look, I'm critical. I've been critical of Donald Trump, but I believe he won that election hands down. I think it's clear that he won the hand, won that. The same thing happens in your country. The same thing happens locally. This is why I've, you know, we, we constantly tell our people that all politics is local. It's not at the central government. It's local. If you get the people behind you, get that mindset, then you build up and it, it works up rather than down. The other way is tyrannical. If it if it's, if you're going up top and you're working your way down, that's tyrannical. And we, we see that in all kinds of things, whether it's Roman Catholicism with their hierarchy of a pope on top, you know, telling people what's right and wrong and he's got words from God and all this kind of nonsense. Or in government, it works the same way. So so those things are opposed in that manner. Here's the, here's the real thing. Because the Bible and our Constitution are our foundations of what we talk about here on the Sons of Liberty, anybody can look around. I see people from all kinds of different worldviews who look around and they say, okay, Islam is bad. Marxism is bad. Zionism is bad. They pick out all these things that they say, okay, but what should we fill it with? Because if we get rid of it, there's going to be a vacuum. And I don't want that vacuum being filled with the Islamist jihadis who are over here across the uh, the river in in my county, I don't want them filling that vacuum. I want it filled with godly men who fear God and who will uphold, one, the laws, the commands, the statutes, and the judgments of God, Deuteronomy 6, and then I want them to be men who say, look, there it, because we love you, here's the law, Here's the gospel, too. There is one who saves from your lawlessness, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave himself—look, we can't deny his claims. He says he's the great I am. He says he is the one who has—he is the door. Nobody can come to the Father but by him. And we sometimes miss that. We, we're, we're going in the right direction saying something's wrong. We're exposing the darkness, Ephesians 5.11. But then we don't bring the solution as to what we should put in its place. And I think both England— and the United States have the same foundations, and that is the inspired, authoritative Word of God, the Bible, the Old and New Testaments, and we have one king, and that's Jesus. And if we don't put that in its place, Tommy, all of our fighting, all of our exposing of darkness is is useless because we have nothing to offer people in response to it. I, I believe you're totally correct in the fact that the attack on Christianity and the void that is and the void that it's being filled with in in Europe in Western Europe. Now you look to Eastern Europe where they're still very strong in their belief in Christianity, whether it be Poland or Hungary, they're not allowing their countries to be desecrated the way we have. That's right. Victor Orban is a, a great example of that. A great example. I got I went to a march in Poland, um, it's for their independence day and it's called the March for God, where the entire march is pictures of Jesus. Um, and they are very, very sure in their identity. And do you know what? I stood there and I felt something that I haven't felt before. I felt I, I, I had pin, pin, pins and needles all over my body. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up. 
And I remember standing, I'd done a video on it. It was a viral video in Poland. And I said, can you feel that? I can feel the power, yeah, in these people. Amen, that's right. Higher 100,000 people marched together for who they are who fully understood who they are, their belief. Their, their, and I say to people, even if you don't believe in Christianity, the Ten Commandments and what's built in this society is, is so beautiful and good because of this. That's right. And, and if you if you remove it, what fills it? What, what you're seeing now in Western Europe, what fills it? What is the West? What is the West? Transgenderism? Is that what we are now? What, what are we pushing? The breakdown of the... Is that is that what's now become? I look at the, what's going on now in Ukraine, and I look at Russia, and I look at the West, and I think... Well, you want me to support what we've now become? <laughs> yeah, right. Break. I'm struggling here. I'm yeah. struggling. Here. What? What even are we? Who are we? Look, and then I look at Putin, who wants to be strong on Christian values, strong on the family, protect children from sexualization. You want me to go against this for this? You want to replace this with what? Is that what this is? You want to break down? So what Ukraine was? You want you're going to now destroy Ukraine? What are you going to replace it with? Rainbow flags? Is that what's coming? Uh, and I look at all of it, and I think that um, I think that countries that still are strong on their identity and still strong in their culture and their religious identity are the, str- are the countries they're going to struggle to break. But that attack, even now you see the attack on Victor Orban, there will be powers now working to cause street revolutions in Ukraine coming in the next few years. OK, they like they done uh, not in Ukraine, in Hungary, like they done in Ukraine. They want they will they will they will be working actively to destroy Victor Orban right now. He's the last stand of defense for Europe. He's the last st- stand of defense for Christian Christianity. Yep. yep. The last stand. And they will be working, dark powers and CD powers and NGO organizations, heavily funded, will be working day in, day out to get a foothold in that country to bring him down. They will be funding the next generation, funding the mindset of the next generation if they can. I know he's trying to stop it. I look at what Victor Orban's doing with George Soros and any money coming from there. But the George Soros is active in all of our countries. Yeah, that's or, right. Or, his, or, or the globalist mindset, which is identical to him, is being pushed to bring. It's exactly what they've done in Ukraine. They talk about democracy. I think we went in and threw, overthrew a democracy in 2014. <laughs> well, yeah, let's 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 yeah, let's talk about that because our forefathers, you know, they talked about democracy, and that's what people have been calling the United States. We're not a democracy. We don't vote on every little thing, and the people say what they want on every little. We we're a republic, so we have representatives. We've limited them, or at least by words, we've limited them to say you can write law on these things. Nothing else. That means you can only fund these things and nothing else. But what do they do, Tommy? They usurp their authority, just like they do in the UK. And they start saying, well, we can shut you up because, oh, you spoke out about against Islam. Oh, you spoke out against our COVID shots. Oh, you spoke out and exposed our convids in 1984. The whole thing is there. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the fact when you were talking about uh, things just before that, as you started off the, the last little bit that you were talking about, how confusing things are. And I want to remind people, this is what the scriptures say about God. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 30. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, and remember, he's talking about the different gifts of the Spirit. He's talking about we're one body but many parts. Not all of us do the same thing. And don't worry about it if you're not a speaker, if you're not a radio show host, or you're not a journalist, whatever. God has put you where you are in your sphere of influence to glorify him in that area. So he says, let the first hold his peace, for ye may all prophesy one by one, that ye all may learn, and all may be comforted, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. And then he says this, for God is not 
the author of confusion. In other words, if somebody comes in you and they start babbling, you've heard these guys singing, or, or they show up on uh, Christian, quote-unquote, Christian television, and they go, untie my bow tie, who stole my Honda stuff? And they're, they're spilling out this, this supposed language, but it's not really a language. God's not the author of confusing people, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. And then he says this. Now, women, don't take offense. Don't take offense. Let your women keep silent in church. It doesn't mean women are stupid. It doesn't mean they can't manage. It doesn't mean they can't do these things. It means men are the ones to be in authority because men are going to give the greater account. Okay, women, understand that. Men are going to give the greater account because God formed man first and then woman, and man is under Christ and woman is under the man. Read 1 Corinthians 11. And it says, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. Now, with that said, just going to point out, look, yes, were women used? They were the first ones to carry the gospel. Yes, do we see women being used of the Lord? Yes, but in a position of authority? They're supposed to be there. And this is what you're talking about, Tommy. I think this is the biggest elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. The men both in the U.S. and the U.K. and around the world, are being effeminized. They're being emasculated. Their, their, their manhood is being taken away from them. And that is where the enemy wants to attack, is the man. Same way in the garden. The man was off not doing what he's supposed to do. The woman's left to herself. She's deceived. And what does she do? She brings mankind into the fall, and she drags her husband down with her, and she says, here, eat of it. And he says, okay, I'm Mr. Milk Toast. I'll eat of that fruit and partake of it. That is, I think that's the biggest message I see from you, is that men have been emasculated, and we need to rebuild that so that men become who they are in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is, bold, the righteous are made bold as lions, brother. They're, they're made bold as lions. I believe currently when I looked at it, a 30 year old now has the same testosterone level that a 60 year old had 30 years ago. Again, it's not a mistake. You take the testosterone out of a man, what do you have? His manhood's gone. Yes, exactly. So I don't believe any of it's a mistake. I don't believe any of it's a mistake. I believe it's all orchestrated and purposely targeted. Same with the family. You take the father out of the home, what do you leave? You leave children susceptible to be brought up by who? The state? Single parents, the rap gangs, the gangs on the street, you replace them. Then, you, then you've got what? You've got a, a gang culture which have created. You've got guaranteed prison spaces full. Um, I believe there is a total attack. And when you look at this attack, it's a, a, a pronged attack that's coming from everywhere. And how do, you, how do you solve it is by being strong families and strong fathers and strong men. And I, unfortunately, I think that, that there's, so many, there's a, a total lack of that currently. And again, that is a Christian background. That is a Christian belief that the family is important. Yep. Um, and it's under attack from everywhere. I had this big problem with Black Lives Matter. I looked at when Black Lives Matter blew up in the UK. I come out very strongly against it. And it caused problems. My car was set on fire. My car was attacked. My children had a, my daughter had the most terrible year she's ever had at school because I spoke about Black Lives Matter because all of a sudden you weren't allowed to talk about Black Lives Matter. I realised how how. Some of the Muslims take it pretty well, yeah, because I criticise Islam as loud as I can. But when I started talking about Black Lives Matter, many blacks took it as an insult against them. I said, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about this Marxist organisation who on its website says it wants to destroy the nuclear family. Do you even understand what that means? Do you understand that this organisation is about promoting LGBTQ+. Do you get that? What's that got to do with black lives? If you want to support black lives, support the family. Amen. The Amen. Home. 
think in the 1960s, 20 percent of black people didn't have a father. Now it's what 80 percent in America. That's not a mistake. You're still on the fields, man. And it's a Democrat keeping you there. They want you reliant on the state. If you have a father, you won't be relying on the state. If you have a father, you'll grow up a, st a strong young man. So they take your father. They encourage your mother to leave him. They give more benefits for these things. Or oh, none of it is a mistake. You want to talk about racism, targeted racism? That's what it is. Come on, That's preach. Real racism. They're targeting your community and destroying it and breaking it. They're putting you in prison. Who was? Joe Biden. Who wanted you locked up for marijuana for 25 years? Joe Biden. Get it. <laughs> I fell out with many of my best friends over this. As I said, majority of my mates were black growing up. And I said, are you that stupid? You're not listening. You're not even looking at it. You're not even looking at history. You're not even understanding that the same people you're out supporting on the street now are the people that are responsible for why you're in poverty. Come on. That's you right. That. You don't even get that? Jesus Christ, lads, man. I had this, I had this as a real wake-up. Because in my I had it this morning. We have a school group chat. A school friends group chat from all of my friends from school who are white and black and Asian and Pakistani and all this. We're all in a group chat. And then when all this happened, it's like, lads, are you, are you telling me you've been oppressed? We grew up together. We were all poor. That's right. Yeah? That's right. Come on. Some of the white boys in this group had, had worse upbringings than any of you. Yeah. I, I went to school with you. You weren't a victim of racism. You, you're now buying into this Marxist mindset, this cultural Marxism that wants to tell you that you're a victim, that wants to tell you that every problem in your life is due to people and racism. When it's not, it's bloody well not. And, 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 and many of us disagreed. We had, and, 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 then, and then I thought, well, this is having the desired effect. The desired effect was to divide. Have I maybe I played my part in it? Because now we're all divided and we, we're friends. We've grown up together for 20, 30 years. And now we're all arguing. We're yeah. arguing because they've gotten into us. That's that right. Come on. Come on. That's you know, I, I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm doing a little bit of this right now. The, the people are saying you're on fire in the chat. and it's But but you're not doing it to to garner you know people to come. You're doing it because you see it. I remember when I was growing up, Tommy, um, you know, I, I'm in the South here. And they want to pit, quote-unquote, black against, quote-unquote, white, right? The, the Bible says that God created all of us from one blood. I mean, that's what it says. And yet they want to divide us over something we can't change, like our skin color. I had uh, black kids and uh, who would come over and we'd hang out in the pool in the summer. I can still see it in Shelby, North Carolina, sitting in the pool in front of my, my dad's garage, you know, out in the summer day. And then we'd ride bikes together and all this. And now they want to pit us against each other because my friend had a, a different skin color than me. What in the world is going on? I, I, I've played for the people. You may have seen it, may not have seen it. Dr. Seuss's The Sneeches. Have you ever seen that? See, I'm going to have people ask for me to play that. Uh, but I'm not going to do that because we've got you on your time's precious and we're going to have to cut it off here shortly. But the Sneetches, take time to just look it up and you can watch this about a 10-minute little Dr. Seuss thing. But these Sneetches have a star on their belly and some don't have it. And so they're pitted against one another because, well, I have a star on my belly and so I'm better than you. And so this guy comes in and he starts making money off of them, dividing them. He puts two stars on some bellies and, you know, uh, different stars on nobody's. And, and then he starts taking them off and all this other stuff. And then once all their money's gone, which is the, which is the goal here, let's not, let's not forget that. They're going to take all the money, which is largely lawless, at least in our system. They're going to take all the money. And then all of a sudden they're going to figure out, you know what? 
we're not so different after all. Whether we got a star or two stars or no stars, we're the same sneech. We're, we're the same same sneech, and they, they begin to love one another instead of being at each other's throats. By the way, the corporate fascists, and you have them in the UK just as, as well as we do here and in your government as well as we do here, and what the people can't see, Tommy, is the people. It's not a foreign government. It's not China. It's not Russia. It's not Pakistan. It's not Iran. It's our own government betraying the people that we entrusted to govern things for us, to be our servants, to be our our employees, they have said, now we're your masters. And it's time, Tommy, that people stand up and say, no, you got that wrong. We are the masters under God, under King Jesus, the only king who exists, and you're our servants. And because you have betrayed our trust, I, I'm just going to say it. You deserve a, a, a dirt nap. There is not a big enough gallows to deal with all of these criminals that we have. And it's not going to happen, Tommy, until the men stand up. Again, the men stand up and bring justice to them. And justice, people will say, oh, that's so horrible. Wait a minute. It's a mercy to our children. It's a mercy to our grandchildren. It's a mercy to our wives. It's a mercy to our sisters, our mothers, our aunts, our fathers. It's a mercy to them to bring judgment against wicked men. I... Th- I see you going in the same direction. I, maybe I don't want to put words in your mouth, but would you agree that that's the same thing? I'll say it's the same thing. I, I, you know, I got, I got so angry when Black Lives Matter comes to the UK because I saw America, American politics now in the UK. I know how they've racially divided you and, and Barack Obama was the best for it. He brought race relations so far backwards, yeah? Intentionally done it because he saw a winning formula there. Yeah? And then I, all of a sudden I saw, we haven't had that. In, we haven't been against each other. And all of a sudden, bang. I thought, you've managed to divide us like this so quick, so fast. You've got people in the streets over George Floyd so quick, so fast. You're ripping down statues so quick, so fast. I said, you're attacking everything, everything. And, 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 and I watched it come from America. So I got very passionate and very angry about what I now saw in the UK. Spoke about it, it caused me absolute murders. What you, even what you're saying now about, um, about where we're at, I just find the whole, I find the racial politics is intentional. The divide is intentional. And it's worked. They've been very successful with it. It's a winning formula and they know it works. Divide us. And, and as also, you see these Marxists and these left-wing agitators, they don't have the ability to cause a revolution. So which community do they think they can use to cause that revolution? Who can they get to become violent very quickly, very fast? The black community. They're using them. They're using them to cause revolution. Now, when you're talking about when men need to be strong, I look at a strong organization or, or a representative of strong men that come out in the United States. I look at the Proud Boys. That's what I look at. And I don't care what headlines you give against them. I don't care. Do you know how hurt I feel? Do you know how sick I felt when I saw the 22 and 24 year old? Same thing. Yep, same thing. I sat there and I sit there thinking now, I think if Trump wins that, Trump wins the election. He has to let them men out of jail yeah? because I look and I think they, they are the fool guys. What did they do? They showed you how to be strong. They showed you how not to back down. They showed you that men would be men. So they have to be targeted and they had to be destroyed. And what's currently happened with the attack against them, the solitary confinement, the prison conditions, what's happened to them. And you know what's so disheartening and sickening? The amount of Republican representatives that have stood by and remained silent. Come on. What's happened to them? Those fathers. There's those fathers who stood up for America, who stood up for you. And now right now they're, they're languishing in a prison cell. I can't even begin to think how they must feel, how those men must feel now. I'm, I spoke to lots of those men. 
I, I know those men and I look at them and think, you've just been thrown away, given away, just by, by an entire nation. Where are your representatives? Who's fighting for them? And, and, I, and part of the reason why I want Donald Trump to win the next election is the little bit of hope that he pardons those brave patriots. Because right now they're sat in prison, rotting away. And everyone forgets them. Everyone forgets them. They, it, it takes defining moments in history change the direction of a nation. So do people. So do men. But men, at the time, they won't be seen as patriots right. or heroes. Yep. At the time, they're judged as villains. Those men stood up and refused to back down, man. And, and I think that they support the American patriots. I believe there are families right now that are suffering. And I only say this because I've been in prison. I ain't say I ain't faced a 24-year sentence. I don't know what they're thinking. What they're thinking, their fathers. Their fathers, I've been locked away for a measly year at a time. And, and I'm a father. And I look at the destruction it done to me, the worry it does to you, how those little things become big things. Those men are set right now in jail. I wonder what they think. I wonder what they think about their flag, yeah. about their country. It's so frustrating, man. It, it, the whole, the situation we're in because... We all talk about being strong, and then along comes men who are strong, and they don't back down, yeah. and they're not backing down. And that is why they are languishing right now in cells of solitary confinement. That is why right now there are human rights violations going on on the treatment of them, and no one's even saying anything. Did you just see these Hamas supporters take over the uh, – do an actual insurrection, pro-terrorists. Yes, yeah. Just, just two days ago. Yep. Are they going to be treated by the FBI the same way? Is the politicisation you're – Force going to lock them up? Are they going to face solitary confinement? Are they going to face the total abuse of the system like they, like these patriots have? No, they're not going to do it because they're part of that system. That's that's the whole point. Listen, let's let's wrap things up. I I want to I want to bring you back on if you'll come back on. Yeah, I I I'd love to. Uh, we used to joke. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, plug plug your books there. Go ahead and plug your books. Go ahead and do that. This this one, which is going to annoy the British authorities, went to number one four times. <laughs> Went to number one four times. No, no publisher, okay? This one went to number three. Do you know what Amazon done with it? They deleted it. You can mm. buy Mein Kampf in 14 different languages, but you can't buy Tommy Robinson's book. It's ironically named Silenced, and they deleted it. Amazon deleted it. So Incredible. Um, if you want to buy them, you can buy them at trsilence.com. It's a life story. They highlight a lot of the injustices and things I'm talking about. And I only say that because... When it was selling and went to number three, I bought tens of thousands, yeah? And now they've all sat in a room once it was deleted. It's been a pleasure, Tim. Anytime you want me on, mate, I'm happy to come on. I, yeah, I'd love that. We were kind of joking because uh, I've been trying to get you on for a couple of years. And we had uh, another gentleman on. I want to say his name was Peter. Uh, Heart of Oak. Was, was that the uh, website? Yeah, um, Hearts of Oak. Yeah, Peter's great. Great guy. Friend of mine. Yeah, and, and then I talked with Kate, and I said, I guess, I, I know you're very careful about who you come on with, and I, I, I said, I guess my MI6 or whatever kind of investigation backfired on me. But it, i got to tell you, it's been refreshing to have you on the show. Um, we have guys who come on here in the States who are very refreshing uh, in their, their own stand where they're at in the sphere of influence God's given them, and you're definitely one of those. And what I want to do is I want to just tell people uh, really quickly— I was typing something here, and um, I want to make sure that I got the right thing here. Whatever people can uh, check your check out your Rumble site, Tommy Robinson official on Rumble. You can find him there. You can find all of his documentaries, and I highly suggest some of them that he's given concerning some of these rape victims there in the UK uh, that he sent me. Uh, it'll it'll break your heart. 
but it'll give you a righteous indignation. When I say righteous, it's not an anger that's out of something for your lust or because something was done to you. It will give you a righteous indignation like the Lord has a righteous indignation against these things that are dumb. And also, if you want to follow him, Tommy Robinson News, T. Robinson News on Twitter, if you want to pick that up. And Tommy, here's what I want to do. I always give the last word to the guest, and uh, I wanted to be a word of exhortation, not the negative stuff of what we're seeing, but the positive, a, a, a war cry, if you will, a, a command uh, for the people, those both in the UK, those in the United States, and other places around the world. I mean, we have all kinds of people in Africa and Australia and over in Russia and China who listen to the show. If you have one thing to say to them, what would that be? We're not the minority, we're the majority. Do not believe you're part of a fringe movement. They want to isolate us and make you believe you're part of a small voice. You're not. The majority of people want, want freedom. The majority of our people. I know by the reaction I get everywhere I go. Yeah, I don't get. I, I get punched in the face now and then by people who are fooled by them. But the majority of people give me love, and I see a level of love like I've never seen. I see people come up to me and embrace me in a way like like they mean it. They feel it. They are part of it. And so many people right now feel suppressed, feel silenced. The, our countries have never been so ready to stand up. People who were deceived by the media for years are now asking questions like they've never asked. They're not believing them. They know that. The, the system knows it. The media know it. Do you believe the media? Does anyone believe the media anymore? So they're searching for voices. So give them a voice. The, I advise everyone, pick that up. Become your own citizen journalist. Start talking. Start making videos. And, and, and you're needed now more than ever. So we are in a battle. It's not a battle we're going to stop. Um, I believe there's American patriots out there who are willing to fight for it as, as well. And, and yeah, there are dark days ahead, but when you're going through hell, keep going. And right now, we're going through hell. So, I uh, yeah, stand up. Don't be silenced. Yeah. Amen. Right. Tommy, I appreciate the word. I appreciate the interview and the extra time you give us as well. We're going to have you back on the show, no doubt about that, uh, because I tell you what, it's it's inc- it's great to have, to see, to interview men who've endured the fire, and they keep going. They don't back away from it. Pastor Arthur uh, Pawlowski up in Canada, same thing. Bradley, who's on in the afternoon, is same thing. Endure the fire. You go through the name-calling. You go through the arrest. You go through all of the, the, the bad media and everything, and you still keep plugging along, speaking the truth. Tommy Robinson, hang on. We're, I'm going to say goodbye to you off-air. Guys, please catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Whoops, I'm off. I don't know how that happened. Anyway, uh, there's there I am. I must have hit a wrong button. There we go. Uh, Bradley be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then, Lord willing, we're going to be back on the show tomorrow, 8 a.m. with Kate Shimrani. Don't miss it. See you then.